The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan, and attorney Ray Judice. Welcome to another stellar episode of Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. My name is Doug Cowart. You're on Extra 1063. We'll start out today with a story that we covered last week, and it is the now conviction of R. Kelly, and we're waiting on sentencing, which will come on May 4th of next year. I want to get into what happens, guys, to him from now until then. But before we do, like we do every week, in case somebody needs your services, needs your help, needs your expert advice, Bruce, how do they get a hold of you? Yes, yeah, Bruce Hagen, H-A-G-E-N. Great to be here this morning with everybody. I'm easy to find. Uh, Hagen-law.com is the website. Phone number 404-522-7553. We are back to meeting with clients in our office if they want to meet with us. I am not just vaccinated, but got my booster yesterday, so I am feeling Look at low. Look at uh, And in light of my booster status, uh, Hagen-law.com, 404-522-7553. Happy to talk to you about any of your legal problems, but particularly personal injury, because that's what I've been doing for the last 30 years. There you go. And Ray? Ray Giudice, G-I-U, D is in David, I-C-E, been around 36 years in Metro Atlanta practicing law, Emory Law School graduate. Primarily, I'm a jury trial lawyer. Criminal cases are the thing that my cases that my office specializes in. And just like Bruce, I've spent a lot of Sunday mornings at the jail visiting clients, late Saturday nights with bonding companies, getting folks out of the pokey. Used to be nine to five banker's hours back in the 80s when I started practicing Not law. Anymore. Now it's 24-7, and if you want to be competitive and if you want to service your clients, you got to be, just like Bruce said, you have to be available. The cell phone, email is ray at com as well. Got a great website. If you need some more information, check it out. And, uh, and like Bruce said also, you know, if you've got a question about probate, well, I'm not a probate lawyer, but what I can tell you is that if you go on the probate websites for most counties, they've got most forms, probate courts, I'm just using it as an example, are extremely mm-hmm. user-friendly. Maybe we can save you some attorney's fees. So I'm yeah. delighted to try to guide people through, you know, sort of the minor legal problems of life. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about in this show. Uh, something that's not quite as happy as the uh, conversation we are just having is one that actually has ties to Johns Creek, Georgia, and it is the R. Kelly case. We talked about it last week. He was found guilty and will be sentenced, and he faces the sentencing is coming up on May 4th. May the 4th be with you day, and and actually my wife's birthday, strangely enough. But that's the day he'll be sentenced, and he faces up to 10 years in prison, and he he could serve the rest of his life behind bars for that matter. So we, I think, was it like 30 counts that, that he was convicted of? Some crazy large number, but less important, I guess, that. The more important thing is what is going to happen from now up until May 4th when the sentencing comes down. Big differences in being convicted of a crime, a serious crime, in a federal court where Mr. Kelly was convicted. It was a federal district court in Brooklyn, New York, versus a state court or a superior court here in Georgia, superior court felony, state court misdemeanors. First of all, two big differences— Federal judges are appointed mostly for life. State court judges in Georgia run every four years for re-election. There's an importance to that. Uh, state court judges have 12 jurors, witnesses. 
If a jury comes back with a conviction, they'd like to sit in that courtroom and watch the judge throw that guy or gal under the prison. Uh, judges get to do all the sentencing in Georgia. Uh, jurors don't get to make recommendations about sentencing. And I've had trials where knock, knock, knock on the jury room door in the middle of deliberations. And the juries want to know what the maximum sentence someone can get for this crime. And the judge says, that's not your province. Go back there and apply the facts to the law and your common sense and deliberate and come out with a verdict that speaks the truth. In federal court, this judge will have a PSI, pre-sentence investigation, done over the next four, five, six months. And that's going to come back with a very independent view. Those PSIs are run by the probation office, the federal probation officers, very qualified and skilled people who will do a thorough background check. They're going to go back to Mr. Kelly's elementary school education, potentially, and bring it all the way forward. The other reason this sentencing is being delayed for so many months is that Mr. Kelly has many other cases pending. And I think the federal court judge would like to know how those turn out. Uh, the guilty, not guilty, what evidence is adduced. And so it'll be very thorough, very thoroughly done. It may raise some you know, interesting aspects about this man's life as to what led him there. There's probably going to be an appeal. Uh, the prosecution used a very interesting and quite novel application of the RICO statute. The RICO statute, racketeering statute, was designed, quite frankly, to prosecute the mafia and, and then criminal enterprises of gangs and drug lords. And what the prosecutors argued in this case was that Mr. Kelly's musical empire was really designed to facilitate his grooming and predatory behavior towards young girls. And that was a, an interesting argument. It prevailed, apparently, but I'm sure his defense team will uh, appeal that specific issue and probably also the use of similar crimes, similar evidence from other witnesses, some in, under the indictment and some not in the indictment. Overlaid with all that as well is that there's an opportunity for the victims to be heard in this process too. And and there's victim witness or victim impact statements that can be presented in open court. Um, whether those are taken into consideration by the judge or not depends on the circumstances of the case, the particular judge, their predilections, do they care or not. But certainly it's an opportunity for the victims to be heard. And it's one of the things that in a high profile case like this will be the most publicized because you have folks who have suffered for a very long time and, and been suppressed in their suffering for a very long time, despite folks like Gloria Allred uh, and her attempts to voice their, their concerns and everything that's happened to them. But now they can stand up in court and they can look R. Kelly in the face and, and make this statement heard in a very public form. And it's, it's a powerful thing. Whether it has any influence or not on the ultimate sense, who knows? But it, it's certainly intended to do that. And yeah. it's a great opportunity. Now, I had a case once, and, and they do this in state court as well. We had a case once where um, I was representing the family of... Uh, the victim of a vehicular homicide. So there was a criminal case going on for the vehicular homicide prosecution. And the person who died was late 30s. He was on the job, working guy, uh, gets killed in a car wreck. Um, and it clearly was negligence, but it wasn't anything more than that. you know. And it's, it's easy for me to say that, but here's a family who lost, you know, parents who lost their man. adult son and a 10-year-old kid who lost his dad. And so the parents... And the ex-wife, they go go into court, and they want blood. They they want this guy given the death penalty, 
right? The guy screwed up. He made a terrible mistake. Somebody died in the process. Um, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't high. There was no hit and run. There was no, no aggravating circumstance to it. He didn't have a history of doing anything like this, right? But it didn't matter to them. They lost their precious yeah. family member, and they wanted retribution, right? The one who stood up and read a statement that was the most passionate and and seemingly level-headed was the 10-year-old kid Mm -hmm. who read the statement that i'll never have my father back and whatever happens to you and you spending your life behind bars won't bring my father back and i don't want that on my conscience either and um out of the mouth of babes right and 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 the entire court was shaken by the words of this 10-year-old kid um and and it it was an amazing thing i'll never forget it. yeah no that is really remarkable and and to to hear Things like that, but I, you know, and I don't know. I've not, I've never been in that situation, so I can't guess how I would react. But I would, I would like to think I would react like the ten-year-old. They have some sort of nothing that happens here changes my situation. Really, it doesn't. So, folks should know that there's two different types of vehicular homicide cases. There are misdemeanor vehicular homicides and felonies. The misdemeanors are unfortunately good. You know, a bad day for probably a good person it could happen to any of us. Tomorrow morning, we get up and we're going to go to the the stop and go to get a coffee and a, and a cookie and we run through a stop sign because we're playing with our phone or, or we drop the coffee in our lap. That's a misdemeanor. Clearly there's a lawsuit for negligence. You weren't being as careful as you should be, but that's a misdemeanor punishable by a maximum 12 months for the traffic violation here, the stop sign and maximum 12 months for the misdemeanor vehicular homicide. The felonies of course are where the driver is either DUI or reckless driving, leaving the scene, hit and run, and that's punishable by up to 15 years for the vehicular homicide charge and a year for any of the traffic misdemeanors underlying it. So, Bruce, I had a situation just like yours. It was a misdemeanor vehicular homicide. I represented a young man who was trying to put his coat on while driving his truck. He crossed the center lane and hit a, a wonderful woman head on, and she died at the scene. Uh, we came to court. My client pled guilty to the traffic violation of crossing the center line as well as the misdemeanor vehicular homicide very large family. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of emotion. There was a lot of anger. And at the end, the matriarch, the grandma, probably in her late 80s, stood up and said, Judge, I just need one thing from this young man. And I looked at the judge and we all looked around and she said, I want a hug. I want him to hug me. I want to feel him. I want to hold him. And, you know, of course, the sheriffs and the bailiffs are all concerned for security reasons. But the judge said, that's fine. And they hugged. And everybody in the courtroom started crying. And then she said to him, and I want you to make sure you do all those wonderful things you told the judge you're going to do. Finish college, be a productive citizen. And remember, you know, you you took a life, but I know you didn't mean it. When we come back, we'll talk about another story that um, I think will resonate with you as well, because I believe that about half the people in this country probably need a will. And they don't realize that they need a will, maybe, because they don't feel like they have enough or, or, or whatever the reason is. And we're going to give you reasons that you should have those things and why there's a huge story. If you know the company Zappos, then uh, you'll be you'll understand where this is all going, because that is a, a huge and wildly successful company. We'll discuss what happened when their founder, their CEO passed and did not have those documents. Next on Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. On Extra 106.3.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. Welcome back to your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. My name is Tug Cowart. So a lot of people, I feel like, don't have a will. They don't have a plan for their life, whether they die of natural causes or something else happens. The former CEO and Las Vegas entrepreneur, his name is Tony Shea, he started Zappos. He died in a house fire in November of 2020 in Connecticut. He was 46. So now there are all kinds of court filings for parts of his estate because there was no will. There was no estate plan. You know, he's got uh, family members trying to take over his estate and, and make sure what happens with it is what they think he would want to happen. There's lawyers who want to get paid for work that they had been doing for him. And it is all in chaos right now, Bruce. Yeah, and a little bit of the backstory. Uh, Tony Shea is a completely self-made guy, brilliant kid who went off to college at some Ivy League school, raised in a family that put a tremendous value on education and on achievement. And he was sent off to school to get his undergraduate education so that he could become a doctor and do something meaningful in the Mm -hmm. world. And freshman year uh, decides that he's going to just give this up because school's a waste of time. And he has this idea for an internet-based shoe store, which seems so pedestrian in a lot of ways, and certainly in the eyes of his family, a tremendous underachievement for a person of his smarts and talents. Why would you do something like this? This is beneath you. Well, he had this great plan, and it became Zappos. Mm -hmm. Zappos became a company worth billions of dollars, and he himself... Uh, was worth almost a billion dollars himself. Yeah, 840 million. And not married, no kids, uh, lived a great life, was a philanthropist, but he died, yes, with a uh, an estate that was valued at $840 million. And look, people die with $100 in the bank and you'll have relatives fighting over the $100. Sure, sure. People die with nothing but a collection of Cupid dolls and you'll have people fighting over the dolls. You die with $840 million, a fortune like that, and the level of fighting from people who you might have considered to be the most rational, level-headed, smart people, close friends of each other, close family members of each other, it will be a bloodletting, the, the mm. fighting that's going on for that, and that's what's happening here. And so what it, it's almost unfathomable that somebody with that level of wealth would get that far without having an estate plan. Um, guys at the most basic jobs 
are approached on a daily basis by financial planners, financial advisors of what are we doing to plan for retirement and do you have a will? Let's let's get in the state by that. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the most basic things that if you have anything, then you have something that's worth making sure that you're dealing with how to pass it along to whoever you want to pass it along to. Even mm-hmm. if you want to give it all to charity, you want to give it to a specific friend or however you want. Or your family. Your, like your things to go on. Yeah. Maybe it is your family. Yeah. Maybe it's not Maybe your family. Maybe it's not what, your family. That's whatever it might be, at least to be able to have control over it, it's, it's the most basic common practice in estate planning and how somebody that smart and that wealthy could do this and just show up naked. Mm-hmm. It, it's really unfathomable. Yeah. And most people think that a will is this big, lengthy, complicated document, and it's really not. There are self-made wills. You can get them online or pay a small fee, get a couple witnesses, have it notarized, Lay out what your clearly what your intentions are. I want my bobblehead collection to go to Major League Baseball, or I want who's going to take care of the dogs and the cats. I mean, there's a lot of just personal things. Everyone thinks, oh, I don't have any great wealth. Additionally, if you have a policy of life insurance, either one that you bought, or maybe you're covered by a life insurance policy at your work, there you can name the beneficiary right there in the policy. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be governed by the will. You can do that with your financial, your 401k. You can name the beneficiaries to those investments right there with Schwab or with whomever your investment house is. So you don't need anything that fancy. But, but uh, just to interrupt briefly, and, and that's certainly true, but the more you have, mm-hmm. the more complicated the more things can get. Because that's really when the tax planning starts to come in of, you know, you have this wealth, and I think at this point it's got to be something over $10 million cumulative, um, which that number is subject to change seemingly based on who's Democrats the laws wanna, at the yeah, any given time. Yeah, right. But right now I think it's a $10 million threshold. So until you're past that, you don't need any real complicated tax planning. But you, the, again, the more you have, then the more complicated things can get in terms of this sort of a statement. I mean, right now there's a, a bill in Congress to change what's called step-up basis. So you, you inherit a farm for, that's been in the family for five generations that your parents paid pennies on the dollar for in the Great Depression, let's just say, and now it's worth $70 million because somebody in Gwinnett County wants to build 400 homes on it. They were saying, well, you, you can't step up the basis from the time you inherited it. You've got to pay the basis from the time it was originally purchased, if I understand correctly. Yeah, yeah, so right. the capital gains taxes is tremendously different. Step-up basis is, you know, your parents bought this land and they paid $10 an acre for it uh, 40 years ago, but then when they die, now it's worth... A thousand dollars an acre. So, so the idea is that okay, when I now inherit that land, I inherit it at a basis of a thousand dollars per acre. That's the current market value. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay taxes on the increase from ten dollars mm-hmm. to a thousand. Right. The change in law that Ray's talking about says that the state should be taxed on that increase in value over that period of time, which changes the entire analysis sure. of how you pass on property. Sure. And another thing that I think most people aren't aware of is that you can make an annual gift to family members, and I think it's been raised to about $15,000 a year. I know it was 10 for many years. And what, unfortunately, as people get older, you know, they, they want to hold on to everything so they don't outlive their money. And that's, I can understand that. But what a lot of people don't understand is if I wanted to give someone a gift of $100,000 in my will, I can do that in 10 consecutive $10,000 a year increments. And you can actually dissipate a great deal of the estate through a non-taxable gift and make sure you, it went to whom you want it to go to. Yes, and those, go ahead, I'm sorry. A friend of mine who does tax planning, estate planning, says that absolutely the best tax plan you can have for, for your death is give the money away while you're alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as beyond that, he says the best 
estate planning advice I can give you is spend it all so that your last check bounces. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's I've it. heard that it, one before. If we knew when the expiration date was, you could do something like that. But, yeah. but the idea of, hey, there's a way you can give things away during your lifetime to make sure it goes where you want it to go. So what happens, though? And Did you have something I was going to say, Errol Flynn, the great actor, said, die with a dime in your pocket. Okay. That's right. right. Live hard, yeah. spend it, enjoy <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> but, so I I know if you don't have a will and the estate plan, then it then it goes to a probate judge, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so what happens there? What does that mean? How does that look? All right. Generally the court will then appoint someone. There are almost every probate court has a list of local lawyers who agree to be the administrator or executrix of the estate generous administrator. And that person, they get a fee now. I think it's a 1.5% of the of the estate, and there are lawyers that specialize in doing that. Now, there's some advantages to that because these attorneys do these matters all the time. Uh, they're fiduciaries of the estate, so it's their job to protect the, the corpus of the body of the estate so that there aren't fraudulent claims, but also to pay the bills of the estate. So there are attorneys that are making claims for legal work that they did for this gentleman. They're going to submit their bills to the administrator. So that's a general way it's done. Now, I think Bruce and I have both had cases where we have probably filed lawsuits against folks who died during the pendency of the litigation without a will, and we've had to have the court name an administrator to now be the, sit in the shoes of the mm-hmm. defendant to receive the the litigation. It's it's actually not easy to do sometimes. Right. It, it, it gets me- it gets messy. And it's one of those things that you want to make sure you always should file your lawsuit well before the statute of limitations, right. because you may find out that the person you were intending to sue has passed away without an executor and estate, and now you're really scrambling. Yeah, it seems like a bad but, idea. But if somebody dies without a will, every state has set out a priority of where the money goes mm-hmm. if you die what's called intestate. Intestate just means without a will. And so it would look to, all right, are you married? The, mm-hmm. Your spouse? would have certain rights. Do you have children, either biological children or children that have been adopted? They have certain rights. In the absence of a spouse, in the absence of children, are your parents alive? And and your parents would sure. have rights. And, and even then beyond that, it might get to second generations, right? Grandchildren, that kind of thing. But beyond a certain point, the money goes back to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, the word is escheat, which sounds just what it is. It's a cheat. Yeah, it's exactly but, but, right. But the money goes back to the state if you get beyond the scheme that is the, laid out the in the list state. of people. And, and so there's an incentive there sometimes. Can you imagine with the $840 million out there oh to my. try to say, that, yeah, this money should go back to the state of whatever, wherever he resided at the time. I yeah. think it was Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, well, Connecticut is certainly where the fire is. I know some of the litigations in Nevada, and I don't okay. know if he was He might have multiple resident. domiciles, right. Um, one of the lawsuits is from a close friend and an assistant to him. There may have been something romantic there. Another involves uh, a business that he was involved with. And everybody's just claiming that either he promised me something during his lifetime or I was a loyal friend and servant of his Mm -hmm. and I should get something from him. But whether that results in anything really uh, is unlikely. Other than that, there's so much money here that there's enough to go around. That, that, that seems like, though, it seems like it would be a real task to to go through the court system for every person that has some sort of claim that, I mean, that could take years look, and years and years, you, right? You know who's making money on this? Lawyers. The lawyers. Well, yeah. I want to bring it back to home here in Georgia. Uh, James Brown, the famous singer. Yes, that's right. From Augusta, I believe. He died three or four years ago at Emory Hospital. And I, I mean, that's where he passed away. Yeah. And uh, the litigation, I think, is still going on uh, between... 
different wives and children or maybe not children and we're having DNA tests. And mm-hmm. I'm not laughing really about, no, it, well, about but, the poor but man, but could, yeah, he could, did yeah. not leave his affairs in order, mm-hmm. as they say. And it is so simple to do. Uh, most lawyers can either print you a form that you can go fill out almost in hand. It doesn't. It really don't make a big deal about it. If you have less than $10 million, don't mm-hmm. make a big deal about it. But control you know, where you want these things to go to. Uh, They may not go to where you want them to go to. There may be people who uh, improperly benefit from your your demise and maybe the people that should benefit or the things. I mean, do you want Habitat for Humanity to get a piece of your your estate or the animal shelter? I mean, that's what I think about. Yeah, and And, one of the reasons that people don't uh, gift away their money during their lifetime is also because not every family is set up like a Norman Rockwell painting. You yeah, know? And, right. and, and and it's messy. It's, 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 it's sometimes it's messy, and sometimes a parent may say that yeah, we should give money to kid number one because he's going to do the right thing with it. But kid number two is a screw up, and I don't think they deserve anything. They, they've milked us for everything during their the lifetime. prodigal son. I'm not giving them anymore, and I'd rather wait until I die and let them read it in the will than have to deal with the repercussions oh. of just dealing with it while I'm still here and alive. Almost 40 years ago, I was a law clerk for a small firm in Decatur, Georgia, and uh, the partner that I worked for wound up in an estate challenge case. So this gentleman died in in DeKalb County without a a will, and there were four daughters, daughters, and they were fighting over really possessions. There was some land and some old cars and guns. And it was quite an extensive inventory. I'll never forget Judge Marion Guest called all the lawyers in his chambers. He said, boys, if you think we're spending the next three days divvying up pots and pans and furniture and three old cars. He goes, y'all go down to the coffee shop and come back up here in an hour with a consent order. And it left a lot of the children unhappy how it broke down. But again, this gentleman did not take the steps to, to create a, a fiasco amongst his four daughters that right. he could have and sat down in an hour with a good lawyer and signed a document. Nowadays, your ability to videotape these things and make sure that the person is intelligent and not overly medicated when they're making their will Mm -hmm. we get those last minute will changes at the hospital deathbed where the the new wife (laughs) you know the inherits everything everything after a 40-year marriage right so there are ways to protect yourself and it's just not that expensive and it's not that complicated yeah with a little bit of foresight you can save enormous amounts of money and enormous amounts of problems as well as avoid future family strife it's you really see the worst in human behavior when you get into uh, potential heirs arguing over money after somebody has died. And and who are the potential heirs? Typically family members Mm -hmm. uh, or direct or extended. And and it's just, it is awful. I've seen it firsthand professionally, personally. It's awful in every capacity. And the only thing I would say is, and you said money, and I agree, but sometimes it's just the things. things. Mom promised me the this the family silver dad no 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 she told watch. me i you know the dad's watch from vietnam that he, <laughs> that there's, he there's yeah. ego there's yeah. hurt feelings right i know what you're getting at with the watch from vietnam <laughs> yeah. uh, but we saw i saw this in in a very close family where there was somebody who said you know great auntie had promised me this tea set and it's not like it, this was something from the Ming Dynasty yeah. that, that belonged in a museum. This was a tea set from a flea market in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But Auntie had promised me the tea set. Well, the tea set disappeared when all the crap in the house was, was yeah. just thrown sold out, off and right, thrown right, out. Right. Right? And, and that led to 
um, two people who had been close for 50 plus years never speaking to each other again. Right. Mm. And as Judge Guest said, if you think I'm spending the next yeah. two days dividing this stuff up, you're crazy. So so then what does he expect you guys to do? Go to the coffee shop and, and, and yeah. mediate essentially? I'll tell you what he really did. Yeah. And he said, Here's, if you don't do it, here's what I'm going to do. Here's this list. It's going to go A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. And here's I'm what you get. get. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get, you know, we're putting it into the, the ping pong balls into the lottery. <laughs> right. And he wasn't playing around. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, and, and it's just, again, I keep harping on it. You, you, if you care about your family and your friends and your charities and maybe your employees, um, I mean, that's something that Bruce and I both have to think about. We both have a staff and employees. We have clients. That may be another part of this that we haven't covered today, but what about planning for your business? There are things called key man insurance that would would fund someone to come in and run our firms perhaps to close it out. We both have escrow accounts with sums of money in there that are client funds. We have things we'd have to do with the state bar. Uh, In the criminal defense world, we just had a wonderful lawyer pass away suddenly. And a, a lawyer has stepped up and is is taking his cases, and many of us have agreed to take two or three of those files to sort of bring them to a conclusion for the clients who have been left without their good lawyer. Yeah, and so, it's true in any business. If you own your own business, you have to have a succession plan for what to do. Not just if you want to step away voluntarily, but you know, a tree falls on you when you're driving home from work. Just something unanticipated. You know, there's a heartbreaking story that came out this week of this couple that was celebrating their 50th anniversary and taking for them what was a trip of a lifetime ah, across country. I've heard the story. And, and they were on that train that derailed in Montana, uh, and they and they died. And, and they were headed they, to St. Simons. Yeah, they, they, I think they were from there. Oh, right? maybe they're from there, okay. And, and, and so this had been a trip they planned for over a year. This was their getaway. How romantic, a, a train ride across country, looking for it, and then suddenly died. So they didn't leave the house that day thinking, this is it. We're never coming home we, again. Nobody ever leaves the house thinking that. Typically you don't, right? And so um, do they have a plan in place, right? You just don't know when your time is up. And as Ray keeps pointing out, it's not hard. It's not complicated. It takes a few hours out of your life to, to think about these things. For a lot of parents, the hardest thing is figuring out if, if we die, Husband and wife die together. Who should take care of and raise our small oh my gosh, children? Yeah. And that's the hardest thing. And that's the thing that holds them up from following through on executing their plan, whatever it might be. And yet, what is a more important thing than that, as opposed to, well, we're these kids, you, you, they're going to go into foster care and become wards of the state until somebody figures out mm-hmm. where they belong and who's the best person, as opposed to you selecting that person to mm-hmm. do it and oh. talking to them about it. And then there's that one thing that, that probably goes unspoken, but from both Bruce and I's cultural background, there is that elder member of the family who is purposefully keeping everybody guessing mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that they come over and visit <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and make sure they, they're there for Christmas. And, <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 from a, from a long line of Italians, yeah. there's some game, I hate to say it, but there's some gamesmanship in that. That's and uh, where, Papa, where's the will? Well, you'll find it when you need yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, It'll turn up. As well. <laughs> It'll turn up. Yeah, so I was going to ask you back to the, you were talking about the, the secession plan. You said that you have to have one. So is is that that a mandatory thing through the state that you no, have to, or or it's just a good idea? It, it, it's, it's it's smart business. Yeah, it's sure, good practice. It's, it's not required by the state. Okay. And that's kind of a scary thing. Yeah, uh, especially for something something where there's an ongoing obligation. Like imagine a stockbroker or a doctor's office that has been treating you for a certain thing for so long, and, and lawyers fit into that category. But it could be anything. You know, you could be somebody who is in a business that needs 
envelopes printed and, and you have a relationship with an envelope printer and, and suddenly the guy who owns the envelope printing business drops dead and if they don't have a succession plan, what do you do? Now suddenly mm-hmm. you're stuck. So so it's it's smart business uh, for any entrepreneur or small businessman. It, it's one of those things that you really need to spend the time to think about it. And by the way, true of estate planning and succession planning, it's the sort of thing that you need to revisit every couple of years and and see have circumstances changed, right? Your your business in 2015 is not your business in 2021. And so the plan you had in place then might not make sense. Similarly, your kids and your family are not the same in 2021 that they were Back in 2015. Back to the messy family things. Yeah, messy family thing. Or, and particularly like if you think, well, I was going to leave these kids at age four and six with this sibling because they're best positioned to raise them. Well, since that time, siblings developed a meth problem. Uh, the sibling's husband is in jail, you, you know, whatever. Whatever the issue. Or, or my kids have changed and, and they can't stand this one. And that would be a mismatch. Uh, update things periodically to make sure that you're staying current. Yeah. And I think there's also your f- personal philosophy. I, I, I'm listening to Warren Buffett speak whenever I get a chance to. And one time he was asked, what is he going to do for his children when he passes away? How much is he going to leave them? And he had some really wise words. He said, I'm going to leave them enough so they'll do something, but not so much that they won't do anything. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and it's it's something that, again, there's some strategy to this. I mean, sure. do you want to make a, a inheritance uh, contingent upon something? So my son will get X amount of dollars. When he when he gets through college, yeah. or when he gets through mm-hmm. medical school, or when he you know something happens, uh, or when he gets out of prison, you know, as mm-hmm. Bruce say, you know, but but you do have to look. Bad things happen to good people, and you have to have some foresight. And again, Bruce and I, on a regular basis, even if it's questions outside of what we normally do in our day to day law practice, people come to us with these questions, and you know sometimes it's really smart friends and family members are like, what? You don't have a will or you don't have some life insurance? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what, what's going on here? Yeah, how or could or be so? look, look at what's in the news this week, right? Britney Spears, the conservatorship oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is going mm-hmm. to end. Uh, the father has been removed completely now and, and very likely in the coming weeks. They'll just terminate the whole thing. So she's about to get married to this longtime boyfriend, apparently. No prenup. Right. Which which to me says you're somebody who needs somebody managing your financial affairs. Right. You've got one hundred million dollars in assets or God knows how much money she has. And you're going to you're going to get married without having a prenup in place. It's probably the most irresponsible thing you could do. Sounds like a good topic for your day in court in the future. (laughs) The prenuptial agreement. No kidding. Because I I think most people probably need one of those, whether they realize it or not. What were you about to say? You finished your thought? Oh, no. I'm just saying whether whether you think you need it or not, that's her going forward like this saying, well, we're in love. What do we need a document mm. for is, is just, and, and, again, and financially so just be- irresponsible. And because we deal with disasters on a regular basis, let's fast forward two years from now when, when, they, they're, when they're divorcing and now he wants half of her estate that the father maybe tried to defend and protect and we don't know. We don't really know. Right. I mean, I lean on her side of this is because she's an adult woman who does not appear to be mentally incapacitated and therefore See, I would it's her argue money. That. Yeah, <laughs> she I mean, seems crazy to me. Yeah. Well, no, uh, cra- <laughs> crazy is okay. Crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, we need we need a little crazy in the world, you know, man. Uh, but I mean, she's uh, and but nonetheless, no, I know what you, mean. you know, we can see how that can go yeah. bad, and yeah. then they'll say, well, why didn't she have a prenup? You yeah, know, and, exactly. But but back to Bruce's point too, it almost just puts you in that frame of mind of like because I think we talked to maybe you were out, Bruce, when we talked to about this whole thing. The fact that a conservatorship, that's not an easy thing to come by. There has to be a lot of work and a lot of, of facts 
that go into making that happen to begin with. Yeah, but usually it requires a medical doctor to mm-hmm. certify that the person is incapacitated in, in either physical or due to pain or, uh, you know, mental incapacitation to manage their own affairs. And I don't believe that took place in this case. Yeah. Well, there was some evidence, but interestingly, in their efforts to undo the conservatorship, Britney Spears people have been very adamant that they will not subject her to a medical examination in order to be able to prove that she's competent. But she shouldn't mm-hmm. have to prove that. Understood, the, but, the, but the once it's says, in place, there's this, there are people there with a vested duty to make sure that this person is being protected from herself even. And yeah. typically that's the thing. It's You're not capable of handling your own affairs. We're protecting you because you can't protect But yourself. you know, this was a financial conservatorship, and the, the young lady hasn't done anything wrong. She hasn't been arrested for you don't you know the conservator couldn't have kept her from committing a crime or getting yeah. into a fight. Right, there's been nothing. She's been the worst she's done is shaved her head and act crazy. Oh, uh, you yeah, know I mean, again yeah. as, yeah. You know, as a single guy, Hello, there's all kinds of <laughs> you never know. Let's not rule everything out so quickly, Tug. Jeez, certainly that's why I'm not a lawyer and you guys are because I would be making the wrong choices clearly. When we come back on your day in court with Bruce Hagen and Ray Judice here on Extra 106.3, a coworker of mine got into a fender bender. And he had a great question about diminished value that has never crossed my mind before after being in an accident and why it should cross my mind and it should cross your mind if it happens to you. Next on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to your day in court. Final segment with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. My name is Tug Coward on Extra 106.3. A coworker of mine had a little bit of a, a fender bender in the parking lot here at the at the ballpark. And the person who backed into his brand new 7,500 mile truck uh, worked for the uh, the baseball team. He's working with that person's insurance and he is introduced to diminished value. So he's trying to figure out what it is that his damage to his truck is because it's a brand new truck. And, sure. and diminished value is something I don't think many people either think about or understand. And I'm included in that category. Okay, so let me just briefly explain the concept. And it's very easy to understand. Your car, as you're driving it prior to being crashed, has a value. And it's not what you paid for it, but it's what could you get for it if you took it to trade it in or you sold it at auction. Like a that, fair market value? Thing. It has a fair market value, okay. exactly. Then when your car gets in a wreck and is repaired, your car still has a fair market value. But that fair market value is something less 
than it would have been had it never been in that wreck. People use things like Carfax to keep track of sure. the history of a particular vehicle. And if you are buying a used car and you see that it's been in a wreck, it'll show you what the property damage was. And you know, the worse it is, the less you're willing to pay for that car. So your car loses value when it's in a crash and then repaired afterwards. And that is called the diminished value. And the insurance company for the party that causes the wreck is responsible to pay that. Or your own insurance company is responsible to pay it if they're the ones who paid your property damage. So years ago, there was a class action here in Georgia, uh, several of them, but the big one was Mabry versus State Farm. Lawsuit was filed on behalf of State Farm policyholders across the state of Georgia who did not receive diminished value from State Farm after State Farm paid their claims. And after years of litigation, a formula was developed within the class action to pay these things, which is what insurance companies now tend to rely on to pay claims. It's not really valid. It was a shortcut to coming up with a way to resolve thousands and thousands of claims, not so much on the individual claim. For this person who was in a crash the other day and his relatively new vehicle was hit, he's got a bunch of different options available to him as far as how to pursue his own claim for diminished value. Absolutely. And one thing that most people don't know to even ask for this. That's, uh, the insurance that's company says, oh, we sent the appraiser out, the adjuster, and we're going to check for you or we'll fix the car. And you don't realize thinking down the road, two, three years, you're going to go turn that car in or trade it in or sell it. And uh, either someone gets what they call the Carfax report that shows it was in a wreck because they coordinated with all the police accident reports. Okay. Or somebody who's knowledgeable about cars opens up the hood and says, hey, there's two different colors paint in here. Or I can see some parts that are not original factory parts. It's been replacement parts. Back in my day, you'd look for what we call Bondo, which means mm-hmm. <laughs> it was how you fixed. It was like putty. That's how you fixed the dent, you know, or you pulled the dent. Two different shades of color. You'd have a door from a 78, and it's that old Johnny Cash song where yeah. he steals a different part of the car yeah, from the right. Pontiac yeah. <laughs> from GM so plant, puts right. it together. But you're losing money. And nowadays, a car is an investment. It's a depreciation, appreciating asset. And well, that could be debatable well, in today's market. In today's that's economy, yes, that's but why this, it got brought up. Yeah, but this is a, you know, and it's true, but it's an unusual market. It is. So it's yeah, going to go back to Everybody where, who's listening is familiar with the idea that when you buy a new car, the minute you drive it off the lot, you that lost car money. has lost That's value. right. Take it back and see what they'll offer you for. It's about 12% less. And so you're entitled to that value. Now, there are agencies or groups and organizations out there that are professional appraisers. If you can go back to your dealership and get, get an estimate of what you're losing and what would cost the fair market value to replace that vehicle, uh, that's a good way to approach it. And don't just give in with the insurance company on this. You're entitled to diminished value under the law. The issue is how much. And most of the time, if the car is, I think, what, over $7,000, there's some rules about it. So uh, fight for it and get as much as you can. Yeah, and this is the sort of thing that can be litigated as well. You don't have to have a lawyer to do it. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect sort of thing for small claims court. Typically, if you're driving a Bentley and have $50,000 in diminished value, that's beyond the $15,000 jurisdictional limit of our magistrate court. But for most claims, it's going to be maybe a couple thousand dollars. And you can go and you can file suit against the driver that hit you and serve it on him and the insurance company that represents them and bring them to court and bring your evidence with you. Don't bring an estimate, bring the appraiser because the estimate might not be admitted into evidence because it's hearsay. Nobody can question a written estimate. But if you bring the appraiser with you and they'll charge you a couple hundred bucks, that person can explain the basis 
basis of their opinion on value, and they can be cross-examined, and then a judge will hear that. They never get that far. The cases just don't. They get, get settled. Far. They get they get paid. And so if you have solid proof, you know, if it's a lot of damage, go get a professional appraisal done. Right. Another idea, and this is what we recommended to your coworker, was go back to the place where you bought the vehicle since it was just recently, and see if they'll prepare a letter for you because that's great evidence. If they say that you know prior to this crash we would have paid you X number of dollars on a trade-in, but now that it's been in this wreck and fixed, we'll pay you X minus some mm-hmm. number, and that's the diminished value, whatever their the reduced number. Uh, is. However, in, in the big insurance companies don't need my advice, and I do some personal injury cases, auto accident cases, and one of the number one drivers, meaning of how do folks come to see me besides my reputation or maybe hearing my voice is that the insurance companies nickel and dimed them right. on the rental car, on not paying for the, the, the $15 a day in the storage lot before the car got towed, and on diminished value. And all of a sudden, they went to the doctor, and the doctor found a herniated disc in their L4, L5, right. and right. they decided to come hire a personal injury lawyer. And I always tell them, don't worry, when we file suit, we'll put some special claims in there for your diminished value or your rental. And I've always said, if those companies, and I think it would just be better business if they took care of people up front with their good hands and their red umbrella if and they their really were good neighbors and the and the waitress with the uh, with the with the apron yeah. if they did that they we we would have fewer cases yeah, yeah no I, I have said for years that if insurance companies just treated people fairly on their property damage claims 90 percent of the personal injury lawyers in this town would go out of business I, I, I totally agree but don't you think that most people unless it's blatant that a lot of people just assume what they're being told is correct. And and that's not the case at all. And they know that most people aren't going to fight for $500. Right. They're just, it's just not worth it. No lawyer is going to take the case. Mm-hmm. And while you're fighting over that $500 and you're filing a magistrate court case, it could be six months, nine months yeah. before you get the money. And, and they know that nobody's going to fight over that. Yeah. And while they're holding the money, they win and take that $500 and multiply that over thousands and thousands of claims every single year. These insurance companies are making a fortune on not paying fair value. And they're holding your money. And And what people don't realize is they're kiting it. In other words, if you take thousands and thousands of claims that the insurance companies don't pay promptly or save a few percentages and they put it in a 10-year federal treasury bill, they're making millions Absolutely. of dollars on the float just by waiting, just by by holding just, your money that you're exactly entitled right. to. I got uh, mad in this one case. I was defending, I was representing somebody, and it was against Allstate. I don't mind saying it, uh, and. I just couldn't understand why this uh, insurance company was not putting fair value on the case. The lawyer on the, uh, that was representing them agreed with me pretty much. Uh, and, and if we just sat for five minutes, we would have come up with a number that was fair and made sense. And I, and I, said, I just can't get you know, why they're not paying this. And, and he said, you know, the real question you should be asking is, why do they ever pay you claims? Yeah. Like, why, why do they ever pay a claim as opposed to making you go through this litigation process mm-hmm. for three, four years when they could put that money to work in the markets and make a fortune? And then and, people give up ultimately and, too, and, right? Uh, people give up. People, Some people yeah. die. Some people yeah. screw things up or they get in another crash, whatever. Uh, you know, He says you're, you're looking at it backwards, and that's when I knew. It's like, you know what? This is, this a, is, a, this is a corrupt industry. And this is why I have no trouble sleeping at night representing yeah. injured uh, plaintiffs Amen. because I know they're up against an absolutely corrupt business model. I'm telling you, if you need the guidance that we've been talking about today, if you could use that help, 
I recommend you reach out to the legal experts on this show, whether Bruce Hagen or Ray Judice. Depending on what your need is, they can refer you to someone if they can't cover it, but they, they will get you to the right folks. Bruce, how do folks get a hold of you? You can call me anytime, 404-522-7553. Email bruce at hagen-law.com. That's H-A-G-E-N dash law.com. Uh, happy to talk to anybody. As you can hear from this program, Ray and I, uh, I don't want to say we're experts on everything, but there's, there's there are very few legal matters that come across our desk that we haven't familiarized ourselves with, at least to some extent. And more importantly, if it's something that we can't uh, represent you on ourselves, we'll put you in the hands of somebody who's very good at, at this exact area of need that you have. Well, that's right. Ray Judice, 404-964-4185. But let me, let me pick up what Bruce is saying. Most lawyers who get in trouble either with the state bar or with their legal malpractice, it's because they went outside of their sphere of competency. Another term mm-hmm. I, I got yeah, from no. uh, Mr. Buffett. It's okay to have a major and a minor, but it's not 1947 and, and you can't ha- handle a murder case in the morning and an auto accident in the afternoon and do a will and a divorce the next day. You can't. You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough. You can't be fast enough. So 1985, I'm taking the state bar exam become a lawyer and there was a question on the written part of the exam that we have to write essays and it was about an area law I did not take that class in law school I knew nothing about it so this is what I wrote I believe this is a secured transaction question of which I know nothing about I would therefore refer the client to an expert in this area I believe that the state bar examiner who read my essay gave me at least one point for knowing that this young guy (laughs) he might not know anything about secured transactions but he's not going to commit legal malpractice he's going to send the client to get their kids case handled by a good lawyer. There so that's go. that's what we do. We know the good lawyers. Just like anything else, the good lawyers, the good doctors, they hang out together. That's right. <laughs> Reach out to these guys if you need help. They will get you to the help you need and, and make sure that you're treated fairly and correctly. For Bruce and Ray, my name is Tug Cowart. This is Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.